Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Beyond Zero is Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future and more. Toyota gives you the power to reduce carbon emissions and help move toward its vision with a wide selection of electrified vehicles. Whether you're into hybrid EVs for that traditional Toyota feel with better MPG, battery EVs for a smooth and silent ride, or plug-in hybrid EVs that switch between battery and fuel, Toyota has you covered. And for those who prefer hydrogen, Toyota's fuel cell EVs emit nothing but water vapor from the tailpipe. So cool giving you the choice on how to reduce carbon emissions and move closer to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision. Visit toyota.com slash electrified vehicles slash beyond dash zero vision. Toyota, let's go places. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Welcome to the show. Before we begin our first story today, we have an important announcement for you. This is the series finale of Strange News Daily, and what a ride it's been. Uh, For today's episode, we decided that we would do something different, and I'm immensely fortunate to announce that our own super producer, Dylan Fagan has agreed to join us on the air for today's recording. Dylan, thanks for coming on your show. <laughs> thanks for having me on your show, Ben. It's good <laughs> to be here. What a what a ride. You know, I think the length of this pandemic really hit us when we realized that we have done 80 plus episodes of Strange News Daily. Yeah, and we probably could have done 80 more episodes of Strange News Daily just from home. Yeah, just from home. And what we wanted to do with our time today was the same thing we do at every episode to give you uh, three weird or interesting stories. Uh, But this is going to be something where you and I can talk a little more about what these stories are, what they mean for the future. uh, And then we can also explore maybe some of our own respective work in other avenues. I, I've got a story to pitch for you to, to start off. 
Uh, I hope you like it. <laughs> I'm sure I will. What's it all about? Well, Dylan, as you know, we are moving into the dog days of summer here in <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I don't know about your opinion, but I, I, I think summer is just terrible here. Yeah. I went for a walk yesterday. My shirt was soaked within a minute. <laughs> yes. It's like walking, walking outdoors in Atlanta, Georgia during summer is a lot like walking into soup. We've got a lot of fans of soup in the audience. Uh, thank you for all the correspondence about that. But I think we can agree, you know, call us old fashioned, but we're the type of guys who think soup belongs in a bowl or a cup. Yeah, I don't want to wade through it. And even though summers here are notoriously humid and very hot, we have a little bit of strange news that comes to us from uh, Dr. Jimmy Lee and the British Broadcasting Corporation. It appears that one day soon, summer could become potentially and literally too hot for human beings. Wow. Yeah. And when we, when we say too hot here, we mean not just uncomfortable, right? Not just why am I showering in my own sweat? We mean that in many parts of the world, often in developing countries, millions of people could be exposed to levels of heat so high that their organs could physically shut down. Like, I don't know about you, Dylan, but I have a hard time making it uh, through a week without thanking my lucky stars for air conditioning. It's just a necessity. Yeah. Uh, our last house had a busted air conditioner. And even when it was 82 degrees in the house, I just couldn't imagine it being any hotter. Yeah. I've also lived in uh, in, a, in multiple situations without air conditioning. And sometimes I, I, you know, I was living in Central America. There were times where it got so hot that I just sort of laid down on the floor with like in my skivvies waiting for the sun to set. And then I thought I'll do everything vampire rules until <laughs> fall or winter. Uh, this is interesting. We have to understand what the experts are talking about here. They're talking about something called heat stress. Heat stress is something that you may have experienced listeners. It's when you, uh, you your body reaches a temperature such that you start to get faint. You start to even experience dizziness or nausea. And it happens because your body is unable to cool down. And that means your core temperature, we're mammals, right? So we have, we have a neat little series of mechanisms inside us that kind of keep us at a livable internal temperature. But if we don't get that cool down time, our internal temperature rises and this means that organs can shut down. Our main way of combating heat physiologically is to sweat. Sweat's one of those weird things that we've all just accepted as normal. But it's very strange when you think about it. You know what I mean? Other animals roll around in the mud to cool down. I guess I'm glad we don't do that. <laughs> and maybe it's better than panting, too. Yeah, you and I are both huge dog fans. So panting i feel like dogs kind of got the short end of the of the stick on that one what, what are your thoughts it doesn't look comfortable i just feel bad <laughs> yeah but they probably look at us and say why are you listening so much Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true they probably look at a lot of things that we do and think they're just ridiculous you know <laughs> uh like uh, this has nothing to do with anything but 
Have you ever thought about a dog's perspective on taking a, a walk to use the restroom? It's like, hey, you know, a couple times a day, this person that I usually trust with my life <laughs> puts uh, this thing around my neck. They drag me outside. They make me poop in front of them. And then they take the poop. I don't know where it goes. They just, they take it. And I know that there's a room in the house that they specifically use for this exact reason <laughs> that I'm not allowed to use. Right. And then they drag me back inside. Uh, and, you know, the I, if there's an Unsolved Mysteries Netflix series just for dogs, then one of the episodes is going to be what happens to the poop. What happens to the poop and why do they put the other stuff in the trash can when I'm obviously the receptacle for all of those things? Right. Right. Oh, okay. Look, I, I say we pitch this series. We just need to find <laughs> the canine equivalent of uh, what's that guy's name? Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Yeah. I think it would be a German shepherd. You know, I'm really glad you said that because I thought I was profiling. <laughs> but yeah. And, <laughs> and so now now when we think about this problem of heat stress, we have to think about uh, how how we measure it and how it's affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Because, you know, Dr. Lee and a lot of other people in the medical field have to wear what's called PPE, personal protection equipment. That also will stop your sweat from evaporating. Kind of like the reason it feels so hot in humid environments is because the humidity interferes with that sweat cooling process that we have. So when we look at the impact of climate change, we we see some problems on the horizon because when temperatures rise, that's the thing we all focus on, right? The rise in just absolute temperature. We also have to focus on the intense rise in humidity. It's not just going to get hotter. It's also going to be that uh, that different kind of humid heat, meaning that people who are already working in uh, maybe factories with high temperatures, maybe out in agricultural industries, they're going to be at an even higher risk of extreme heat and high humidity. There was a study published in 2020 that said heat stress might affect 1.2 billion people by 2100. That's four times the amount of people being affected now. But there, there's light at the end of this uh, hellishly hot tunnel, right? Okay, global solutions are tough. But what, Dylan, what can we as individuals do to, to maybe cool down a little? Well, I think the most important thing is to stay hydrated, drink plenty of fluids before you work, um, and to take regular breaks. This says that Dr. Lee's hospital has started putting out semi-frozen drinks to help the staff cool down, but that uh, avoiding heat stress isn't as easy as it sounds, you know, when you're just talking about it. Mm -hmm. Because you continually have to change out your personal protective equipment, get a new set of equipment. And also he says that people don't want to drink a lot of fluids because then they end up having to go to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> and then on top of that, there's people's desire to keep working through difficulties to not let patients down, you know, during a, a COVID type crisis, during a pandemic, that you are highly motivated to take care of those in your care. And so 
that actually puts you at a higher risk of heat injury because you're not focusing as much on yourself. So I think it's uh, it's just remembering to take care of yourself. And the Global Heat Health Information Network has drawn up guidelines to actually help medics cope with COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. And this this is important stuff because, you know, I I think many of us listening today have been in a situation where you may maybe you have a costume maybe you're a person who wears uh what are they called i'm not cool enough to know the rompers right like you know the things i'm I'm saying people who aren't doctors also wear things that make it pretty tough to go to the bathroom at times yeah times square elmos times square elmos yeah a demographic that needs more attention (laughs) and support uh this is important for medical professionals combating COVID right now, but they're also functioning kind of as canaries in the mine because Dr. Lee says that the some of the issues that the medical professionals are facing may be early indicators of some of the issues that human beings in general will be facing in the coming years. One other kind of downer solution exercise is really good for you. If you keep yourself aerobically fit, you're increasing your heat tolerance. I know no one wants to hear that, but it's true. So so what we'd say as a takeaway here is that this situation is probably going to continue. If you are fortunate enough to have a cool working AC system, give it some love. You know what I mean? Give it a name, walk by it, give it a compliment, and then make sure you keep an eye on it. Uh, I think we as a species are going to spend the next few decades collectively trying to beat the heat. Our second story today. Dylan, when's the last time you took a trip? Oh my gosh, that wasn't to the grocery store. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I went. I went to Connecticut in January, and I kind of wish that hadn't been the last place I'd gone. But <laughs> right. how about you? Uh, let's see. My last big trip was uh, I got out of Chile right before all the border closures hit, and it was a oh, wow. uh, yeah. It was it was weird. You know, I get into some weird situations off air, but I circumstances found me in. Chile, and I, I almost wasn't going to go until uh, it was pointed out to me, hey, things are getting kind of hairy. This might be your only chance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, the airport was empty when I got in, and it was uh, packed when I got out with people trying to get out of Chile or get to their home country. And now, you know, as as you and I and every listener has seen, borders are increasingly tricky, especially here in the U.S. We haven't done a great job with coronavirus. Uh, that's that's our next story now. You know, the easiest countries for you to travel to in the U.S. are typically going to be Canada and Mexico, but that is not the case right now. Non-essential border travel between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, the ban on that has been extended until at least the end of August. We have the official quote from uh, Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. 
Yes, he says that Canada and the United States have agreed to extend the current border measures by one month until August 21st, and that we're going to keep working closely with our American neighbors to keep people safe on both sides of the border. So this is, without a doubt, to say the least, a bummer. A lot of people live in Canada and work in the U.S., or they live in the U.S. and they work in Canada. That travel technically has not been banned yet, but then there are also a ton of a ton of people who just want to, you know, you travel to Canada or you want to travel to the U.S. And now it's much more difficult. This rule was first issued in March of this year, and it just keeps getting extended one month at a time uh, because, frankly, and this is a little scary, frankly, no one knows how long the situation will last until there is some sort of uh, vaccine created. Passenger volume along the borders has fallen by 90% or more at a lot of the official crossings. Uh, Canada has also issued a rule recently where anybody traveling to the country from the U.S. via an unofficial border, via like just a a state road in the hinterlands somewhere, uh, they will be turned away by Canadian authorities. We know that Similar things are happening in Mexico. I I believe that um, traffic is falling there as well, right? Yeah, San Ysidro, California, which is on the U.S.-Mexico border, uh, traffic has fallen from more than 2.9 million people in this February to 1.3 million people in May. (sighs) It's it's a drop. And, you know, I, I have to ask, Dylan, have you been to Mexico or Canada? I have not actually. But like you were saying, especially I can think of, you know, people in Michigan work, they travel to Canada to work in factories. You know, Seattle and Vancouver are fairly close to each other. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who have either been used to traveling for work across that border or just haven't been able to, you know, leave their house to go to work in months. Yeah, it's strange. And the situation seems set to continue. As all our listeners in the U.S. know, Uh, Canada and Mexico are by no means exceptions to the rule. Uh, Multiple countries and regions have instituted either mandatory quarantines for people traveling from the U.S., or they have completely banned all but the most essential travel. Uh, European countries, for instance, aren't keen to let U.S. citizens in for the time being. And this is a, a clearly understandable thing, uh, especially, now we don't know if people outside of the U.S. are aware of this, but some specific states have started instituting mandatory quarantines on people from other states, right? Yeah. Um, New York and Illinois are, are two of the big ones that I've, I've heard of where people from Georgia, like us, <laughs> would need to quarantine for 14 days. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, you know, when we think about that, it's a safety measure, of course, first and foremost, but it also functions and will function as a barrier to travel. Because imagine if you're like a lot of people, when you plan for a big trip, you plan for a big expense and you can get pretty close, you know, in the budget for that. So we could enter a future where travel is open again for Americans, but it still comes with that two-week mandatory quarantine. So that means that if you want one week 
on a like let's say a romantic getaway to Paris or something, <laughs> then that automatically becomes a three-week stay in Paris. That's a lot more planning and a lot more money. So feel free to send us your uh, advice via Twitter for uh, how how to how to take uh, romantic getaways in the mind. I don't know about our listeners, but I, I can only imagine a lot of us have been uh, trying to hold like date nights in the house. Hey, girl, let's get dressed up. We're, we're going to go to the living room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've been there. You know, maybe watch a, a French film. Yeah. Uh, maybe find a nice uh, French themed Zoom background. You know, really, <laughs> really mix it up. <laughs> so if you have any great Zoom backgrounds of Paris, please send them our way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Seriously. For our third and final story today, Dylan, you and I wanted to explore something that seemed uh, at least a little bit humorous. I don't know. At least it's ironic. And I can't I can't clown these people too hard because a vaguely similar thing happened to me. Uh, what's going on over in Europe, man? It seems that the contagious disease exhibit that was delayed by the pandemic is finally opening in Europe. And this is a Museum in the Dutch city of Leiden is finally opening an exhibition about contagious diseases. They opened yesterday, and there was a long delay actually opening this at the Rijksmuseum Boerhaave. Yes, the Rijksmuseum Boerhaave. I'll take credit for the mispronunciation there uh, because <laughs> I'm definitely not a native speaker of this, but it's, it is somewhat ironic that this, uh, this exhibition on contagious disease that people were very excited about visiting uh, was delayed, postponed, closed because of an infectious disease. The name of the exhibit is, in a burst of creativity, Contagious. That's, that's literally the <laughs> With name. an exclamation mark. <laughs> yes, with an exclamation mark. The Dutch king, Willem Alexander, had... Uh, just returned from a skiing vacation in Austria, and he had he had uh, self quarantined with his family. He opened uh, the contagious. Go, oh, we have to say it the same way every time. He opened the contagious exhibition, <laughs> like as you said, Dylan, on Thursday, and the exhibition itself. You know, it, it talks about everything from the bubonic plague to smallpox to HIV or AIDS. But it also is clearly impacted by the pandemic. Um, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I love weird museums. Every city I'm in, every city I used to be in, I, I would always go out of my way to visit some museum. And it's interesting to see this one updated in real time. Yeah, I, I love weird museums. And I also love when they kind of put things around the, the exhibition. Like if you went to an exhibition about dinosaurs and it kind of had like caution T-Rex crossing ahead kind of stickers or something. Mm. I like that this one, this contagious exhibition has <laughs> social distancing stickers on the floor, which I think in any other time would just be a nice um, addition to put you kind of in the moment. But these social distancing stickers are actually really good suggestions that you should follow. <laughs> Yeah, good point. 
You know, it, it uh, reminds me of our earlier museum story on that poop museum in Japan where people would virtually travel through the museum. Uh, yeah, the museums are a tremendously impactful way to educate and teach people. And while it is a shame that this museum was delayed in its opening due to the pandemic, I have to say, you couldn't have picked a better time, right? No, I mean, I'm sure the interest is through the roof. And I also feel like it's, uh, for some reason, walking through this exhibition, I'd feel more comfortable going there than a lot of other places right now. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the atmosphere. Maybe it's being surrounded by a doctor dressed in PPE or a, a plague doctor replica. Just kind of puts me in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it really hits you with the contextualization there because you can see photographs from the museum's opening where they show just as you described, Dylan, a plague doctor from the days of diseases of yore. Uh, you see a model of that uniform, which is historically accurate. And then you see another mannequin wearing the exact kind of equipment that medical professionals wear today to combat COVID. And uh, they got a lot in common, I'm going to say. I, I am going to say that our masks today seem a little less creative. Not quite as cool, but, um, you know, uh, I'm glad that technology has come a long way. Yeah, I am as well. Agreed. One thing that's interesting while we're talking about plague doctors, you probably have the image in your head already, folks. It looks like a, a very weird stylized bird mask with goggles and a beak. The reason that beak exists is not because of some superstitious belief about birds and disease. It's because the face mask was stuffed with spices. And spices were thought to combat the infection. Maybe, maybe it was kind of a thing where you thought, if I can't smell it, it's not there. Maybe it's also vampire rules. If you put garlic in your beak, how's a vampire going to get to you? Yeah, yeah. I think we need a mini-series called Vampire Rules. I think that's where we're <laughs> trending today. And this, as our third story, is our final story. Uh, before we hit the road... As you said earlier, Dylan, we want to thank everybody for coming with us on this wild ride. Strange News Daily is transforming. You'll be able to find a weekly version of it occurring on the Stuff They Don't Want You to Know feed, publishing every Monday starting next Monday. And Dylan, I have to say, I am immensely fortunate this adventure with you. I've, I've always, we've, we've known each other for years. We've always worked on different things, sometimes in adjacent roles. Uh, sometimes we're just, I think we actually hang out. Oh, well, on balance, we actually hang out more than we work together. <laughs> uh, but could you, could you tell everybody in the audience a, a little bit more about where to find your work here in podcast? Yeah. Um, so I try and stay busy. My main show that I've been working on for four seasons is Family Secrets with author Danny Shapiro. And the fourth season will come out in October. And um, they're just beautiful, moving stories. Also working on a show with the website Mental Floss. We did a season last year about Theodore Roosevelt. And this season will be about Arctic exploration. And that will also be out in the fall. Yes, history versus. Now, you know I'm a big fan of that one. I'm excited about the upcoming season there. Uh, 
if you like shows in our network, like Ridiculous History or like Stuff You Missed in History Class, you're going to love History Verses. Uh, write in to History Verses, write into Family Secrets. Uh, tell them Dylan Fagan sent you. <laughs> and we cannot wait to hear what you think. As always, we want to thank you for tuning in. You can follow up with uh, Strange News uh, by tagging hashtag Strange Daily. Uh, let us know how you enjoyed uh, the show. Please don't be a stranger. You can also find me on uh, the Instagrams or the, uh, the Twitters, the internets. I am at Ben Bullen HSW on Twitter. I am at Ben Bullen on Instagram. And if for any reason you're interested in seeing what I'm not really doing, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Dylan K. Fagan. And there's a link to my website there where I have art of different sorts, mostly music, DylanFagan.com. I'm going to go ahead and do a plug. I know this is cool with Dylan because I checked with you before we went on air. You can also find uh, find some tremendous music by Dylan and uh, one of our colleagues, just search magic hours no spoilers <laughs> thanks ben hey thank you dylan and thanks to our research associate sam teagarden we are hitting the figurative road for now uh we'll see you on down the line this has been strange news daily don't be a stranger find us let us know what you think about what's going on in your neck of the global woods we'll talk soon until then Stay strange. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T.com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.